Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name's Daryl. I'm your host, as always, and this is the Quiet Part Loud, episode twenty-four, coming at you today, and it is the eleventh of April, two thousand eighteen. The storm clouds haven't passed in London uh, for a quick weather report. Um, hoping that this weekend's going to warm up and spring will finally arrive. Um, it's been a busy old week on a personal front, uh, work and uh, personal life as well. Um, had some construction projects happening around the house over the past few days. Um, that's all wrapped up now and I was hoping to get one of these out earlier, but with the jackhammers and saws and sick crew of six guys coming you know, back and forth through the house, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't practical. Uh, not only that, but I was working and uh, and also minding the the pets um, in the house as well. So uh, so that wouldn't have been feasible. But now everything's quieted down. The project is completed. Looks fantastic. Everything is great. Um, and so I wanted to jump on the mic and uh, and get another episode out to you guys because you know as uh, as always it's uh, it's an eventful week and plenty to talk about. And I've been gagging. To, to get back on the mic, to be honest with you. I really miss it when I don't do this. So, um, so again, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, thanks for tuning in. going to do a bit more social promotion, get the name out there, get the podcast out there, and uh, and hopefully now things are have calmed down a little bit. We can get back into the flow because I don't like doing sporadic episodes. I want to be frequent um, and uh, <clears throat> and providing you guys with the content that, you know, I, I hope you're enjoying. And, uh, you know, by the numbers, it seems seems as if you are so thanks again for staying with us tuning in and again as always you can find us on itunes soundcloud um and links to the show on facebook and twitter uh, all those are in the bio um so yeah check us out tell your friends and uh and give us some feedback we love it so um just want to recap on the weekend just gone because uh the last show was a ufc preview show for for UFC um, 223, which was supposed to have been Khabib versus Tony Ferguson, which then turned into Khabib versus Max Holloway, which then turned into potentially Khabib versus Anthony Pettis, Khabib versus Paul Felder, and finally, which actually happened, was Khabib versus Al Iaquinta, which again was for the title, but then the New York Athletic Commission stated that Al wasn't eligible for a title because he wasn't ranked and, or no, sorry, that was why they didn't let Paul Felder fight. Um, I can't remember what they said, but something about uh, that. But Dana threw that down and said uh, that was absolutely for the title. So um, my picks across the board, and maybe this is why guys don't do it. Um, I was I was throwing about fifty percent uh, success rate on on the last event, and what it what it proved to me because I was thinking back on that episode and I wasn't happy with it. If I'm if I'm being completely honest, I thought it was a bit jumbled, a bit all over the place. the The analysis wasn't very strong, um, and you guys deserve better than that. So 
what I'm going to do is is do it more from a perspective of of just me as a MMA enthusiast and uh, and a fan of the UFC and a fan of these fighters and uh, and just do it a bit more casual rather than trying to be overly analytical with it because I think that's one it's a bit boring two there's guys much closer to the sport than me that do a much better job than I do and I don't want to I don't want to bring down the industry by playing at something that I'm not what I am is a huge MMA fan with a lot of knowledge about the sport and specifically the UFC and the fighters within it. Um, you know, but I didn't give you guys the breakdown on uh, on Zabit that you deserved because, you know, within five seconds of that fight starting, you understood that this kid was um, w- was a really special kind of athlete and, and a special kind of fighter. And you guys deserve to know that beforehand. And I didn't give it to you the way it should have been given to you. So... Uh, put my hand up on that one and uh, and and just say that I've got to do a better job and a different job in the future and that will most definitely happen and I'll likely break down the Dustin Poirier Justin Gaethje matchup um, and that event perhaps tomorrow or Friday depending on how work stacks up because I'm I'm, I'm quite busy on that front um, but yeah gonna do another event and and you'll see the flavor change on that um, slightly just to be more from a fan's perspective with uh, with more knowledge I would say humbly than than the average person about about MMA and about um, about the UFC and, and and kind of the fighters on the roster so anyways um, messed up about half the card and I usually do a lot better than that. Um, I picked Joanna to beat Rose and get her title back. That clearly didn't happen. It was a much better fight than the first one, but it's clear that obviously, and I didn't think the first one was a fluke because I just think Rose is better than that, but this was uh, this was more of a war of attrition. Joanna obviously got her nutrition in check, her diet in check, her weight cut in check, and, uh, and looked a lot better, but it was clear that Rose is just the better fighter. Um, and Joanna thought she won. I completely disagree with her on that. I think Rose um, just, you know, from round one to the closing bell, she was uh, she was the better fighter. There were some spurts there where Joanna started to put some work together. And the leg kicks that she put on Rose definitely... Um, definitely had an effect on Rose's mobility and her in and out movement and, uh, and pivoting and, and getting out of the way of shots. So she started to eat some, uh, in the mid later rounds, but overall, you know, Rose is a savage. Rose is a savage. So, um, congratulations to her. Uh, no surprise. Khabib, uh, beat Ally Quinta, albeit he took rounds three, and four to work on his jab for some reason. Um, apparently his team were pretty pissed on that. But one thing that really stood out for me in that fight is it's against the elite guys. And I'm talking Connor. I'm talking Tony. Against the elite guys, it's only got to be wrestling for Khabib. He can't pull that shit with those guys because they'll clock him and... I mean, Iaquina caught him, right? Michael Johnson caught him. Tony Ferguson and Connor are far greater on the feet than 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 either of those fighters, and that's really intriguing to me because clearly the next fight is is um, is Connor 
although Khabib did call out GSP, which I thought was really funny, actually, because I, I totally wasn't expecting that. Um, but what he was saying was about legacy rather than money. And, you know, you can tell he's a true a true gangster and a true fighter and just cares about being a champ and having this legacy of being undefeated and, you know, and, and, and packing the roster with the best that he can, um, to say that he's beaten all comers, you know, uh, even in the ring, in the post fight, he's like, give me 30 minutes and, and, uh, and I'll fight another one right now, which obviously is an embellishment, but I love that savage mentality that he has. And, uh, he's just a special kind of wrestler. You know, he, he dominated Iaquinta as you would imagine that he would. Um, but it makes me very curious as to what happens because Iaquinta has a wrestling background, but he was able to avoid some of those takedowns. Now, they were in the rounds that Khabib was practicing his jab. Um, so there was kind of a smile on his face when asked about that in the post-fight press conference. And he kind of alluded to the fact that he was letting him, like he wasn't fully committing to the takedowns, which, you know, speaking on his track record, uh, you know, of Khabib being able to take people down, there's there's not a ton of reason to not believe him. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't know if he'd put himself in that position unnecessarily. Like if he was going for a takedown, I'd expect him to commit to a takedown, finish it. Even if he wasn't really like looking to, you know, beat the shit out of Al on the, on the ground, you would expect Khabib to finish these things. But who knows, who knows? Because we've seen him ragdoll, you know, better wrestlers than, than Iaquinta. Um, better grapplers than Iaquinta and make them look amateur. So, you know, it begs the question. It begs the question. But I think there was more questions that came up. Not that there was a ton of questions asked, uh, you know, about Khabib because we all know he's a savage. We all know he's undefeated. We all know that he'll fight anybody anywhere. We all know of his pedigree on the ground um, and how, you know, how dominant he is. The questions that came out of it were, what if Connor can land? What if Connor can avoid those takedowns? What if Connor can wear him down? You know, um, the cardio thing I don't really buy into too much. I think Connor has to get it done relatively early when he fights Khabib. But if he can avoid that takedown, I'm, uh, I feel a lot better after the Ally Quinta fight than I did before it about Connor's chances against Khabib because it's it's just a terrifying thing if he gets you down holds you down and just mauls you for five rounds I mean it's just punishment you're not the same after but if you can avoid that takedown whew, there's some real possibility in that left hand of Connor's you know he's a he's a great stand-up fighter but then they're promoting this Connor versus Mayweather in the octagon but basically just a boxing match with four ounce gloves, which I think is just fucking retarded, if you ask me. And although I'd watch it, I don't want to see it, if that makes sense. What I want to see, and I don't care if they want to take some of the MMA weapons, I guess in quotes, away from Connor in order to bait Floyd into getting into the octagon with him, right? For instance, um, no takedowns, no elbows, okay, but no kicks, 
No knees? If Floyd wants to come into the octagon, he has to understand what happens when you go in there and how different it is to just boxing. But I understand the UFC is an entertainment company now. It's less about the sport. It's more about the ratings, the money, and the pay-per-view buys. Um, but I just think it's a fucking awful idea. I, I just think it's... I just think it's a really shit, unthoughtful idea, and it's and it's just about the money. It's clearly just about the money. There's nothing. A Floyd Mayweather is a better boxer than Conor McGregor. Floyd Mayweather is a better boxer than ninety nine point five percent of the human population. Right? He's one of the greatest boxers of all time. Whether you like him or not, and I don't, you cannot deny how skillful he is and what he's been able to do inside the ring. You just can't, right? You cannot deny greatness, and he is great. If you basically just take 10-ounce gloves and make them 4-ounce gloves and change the dimensions and the shape of the ring... What are we actually what are we actually doing here? Like a part of me thinks, well, yeah, okay, maybe Connor couldn't make an impact on Floyd or maybe he wasn't, you know, wasn't prepared for it properly in uh, in the in the boxing match. Um, and that he would have a full camp in MMA and you know, he'd be more comfortable in there and blah 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 blah. But still, if Floyd hits him with 4 ounce gloves, and now that Floyd isn't really scared about Connor's power or anything like that, does he just come forward and just fucking outbox him and KO him? Floyd has come out and said his wrestling's a seven. His grappling is like a four. His leg or his grappling's like a six. His uh, leg kicks are like a four. Um, you know, but he's working on them. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. <laughs> because until he takes a leg kick across the thigh or across the shin, he's not going to fully appreciate what that sport is all about. And fans won't understand the discrepancy and the, uh, you know, the comprehensive nature of MMA. You know, boxing is a sweet science. Nobody's denying that. But in terms of real fighting, it's one-dimensional, right? It's one element of it. So as soon as you... So as soon as you add in these other elements, one that's not versed in any of those elements, it's over. It's over. But nevertheless, if that challenge is being made, it should be one discipline to another discipline. Or if the person coming from the boxing discipline wants to come into a mixed martial arts scenario, then it's on them to prepare accordingly as much as they can, right? And we all know that's not possible. There's no way that Floyd would be able to learn wrestling, grappling, um, takedown defense, leg kicks, knees, elbows, you know, distance, timing. It's all different. It's all different. There's no way he'll be able to learn that. 
So I understand that's the only way they can get it done, but I'd prefer it to be done in a different way. That's all I'm saying. So they're touting that around. And then meanwhile, in June, Connor's got to go back to court for uh, playing Grand Theft Auto in the Barclays Center, um, you know, the day before the fights. I mean, that was, I was kind of joking about it on the last episode, but I mean, it's just, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I don't know who he's got around him. I don't like, again, the loyalty, right? You got to admire it. Fucking gets on a plane, comes. I know he was on his way already, but still, you know, um, you're one of the most famous athletes in the world and you've just, you've just effectively like orchestrated an ambush on professional athletes. Like he just can't do it. He just can't do it. Um, but he's got a hundred million in the bank. The lawyers will be, you know, will be, retained according to his uh to his stature and to his wealth so i'm guessing he'll be in pretty pretty good shape um fine community service i don't know if they're going to escalate one of the charges to a felony but we'll see we'll see what happens but it's just fucking stupid um but i i thought it was really funny how dana very very much backtracked between his initial statements when he first found out about it and when it first happened to his remarks post-fight press conference. They were very, very reserved. They were very, very calm. They were very um, undecided, you know, in terms of what they'll do with Connor. I suspect not much. We'll see. We'll see. Um... But yeah, just wanted to break some of that down um, and recap a little bit on it. Uh, if you guys didn't see Zabit uh, Mago, um, Medo Mago Shapirov, he's the only guy in the world with the name Zabit, or he's the only guy in the UFC with the name Zabit, um, and he fought on Saturday night. Check him out. He's amazing. He's a one, 145er, I think. Yeah, he's a 145er. He's six foot two, and he's ripped. And he's, a, he's just, he's such a fluid fighter. Really, really, really cool to see. Um, so check him out. Check him out. Uh, and overall, it was a pretty good card. I have to say, it was a pretty good card. Um, let's see what happens with Khabib. Tony's out. Connor's out. <laughs> Um, we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, moving on, moving on. I just wanted to recap that. Um, but there's plenty more, uh, plenty more going on in the world to, uh, to get our heads around. So <laughs> let's get into that, shall we? So what's been happening? Well, not much is going to be removed from uh, from from the English language pretty soon, I think, because with the way we're going, it's just, I mean, it's just fucking one thing after another, isn't it? But, um, you know, I don't want to make it too drab 
or anything like that. But, you know, we have to talk about what's going on in the world, what's going on in the UK, what's going on in America, what's going on, you know, with our international relations. And we got to we got to hit all these things and 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 just and make sure they're not getting lost in the ether, because, you know, it it was only a week ago we're talking about these protests in uh, in California for this you know, for this kid getting shot in, in his grandmother's backyard, um, you know, the cops who shot Alton Sterling point blank in the chest while they had him held down, um, you know, got off without charge. But that's gone. And why is that gone? Well, that's gone because Facebook have been basically giving your fucking data to every single person that develops an app and any third party that can monetize it that you can think of. And uh, and he's finally uh, testifying in front of um, in in front of uh, the Senate. (coughs) And today is day two of this testimony, which, you know. If you've listened to any of it. It just makes you kind of scratch your head in disbelief because the people that are protecting our online privacy are a bunch of people that don't even know what the fuck Facebook is. The line of questioning that Mark Zuckerberg got, he must have just been licking his chops like, thanks, granddad. Thanks, grandma. Really appreciate the softball kind of uh, slow pitch questions you're uh, you're. You're, you're tossing up for me here. I mean, one of them, one of them asked, when you're emailing through WhatsApp, does Facebook collect any info? And he was like, nope, it's all encrypted. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but, yeah, but do you collect it? He's like, no, 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 it's all encrypted, right? And I knew what he was trying to ask, but he just didn't know what he was asking because he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. All right. Another one was like, um, how many, how many, um, how many uh, categories of data do you collect? And uh, and he was like, I don't understand. And Zuckerberg was like, I don't understand what you, what you mean. And the female senator that asked, she didn't know what she meant either because she asked the same question again. And what she should have been asking was, what specific data points on each and every user do you collect on a single user journey? or a single user session, right? And then given some tangible examples so she can guide Mr. Zuckerberg down the lane to answer the fucking question, which was, what do you know about us? In plain, you know, in in kind of very, very abbreviated terms. What do you know about us? But she didn't know what she was asking, so she couldn't really put it in context Because Facebook collects everything, everything. Every click you make, every word you type. It's staggering. And I've said this to you guys before, download your Facebook data. It is staggering. And they're not the only ones doing it. But the fact that we've got this privacy issue that's just had a spotlight shone on it and a magnifying glass placed over it, 
to expose the extent of it. And let's be very, very clear. This Cambridge Analytica thing, this is, I venture to say, this is nothing. Because subsequent reports have come out now that have said, oh, actually, Facebook um, is, uh, is, is collecting your messages. Um, any linked accounts you have with Facebook, they get all that data as well, which means, you know, if you've ever transacted with something as a link off of Facebook, they'll have all your credit card information, right? They know where you live. They, I mean, everything. And everything... Let's be very clear again, everything is for sale in some way, shape, or form. Because Facebook don't have a business model other than advertising. And they put it to you as a benevolent provider of, you know, of a service that we all need because we all need to be connected, right? And I've said this before, Facebook is a zero-sum game with a caveat to the side of obviously ease of contact and cost of contact with people abroad. But you can do that in a number of ways, right? Number of ways. I just, I just, I'm really astounded by the fact that we have such incompetent people carrying out some of the most important conversations that we need to be having right now. And this is this is kind of a this is a widespread problem, right? And a hundred different examples can be cited. But just because we're on the Facebook thing, it's it's really important that people don't ask how how they find their hotmail account in Facebook. It's really important that senior senators do not shout out their grandkids during a effectively a deposition, right? My grandson, you, he's addicted to Instagram. Or, yeah, what's he say? He's, he's all about the Instagram. So he'd, he'd be really mad at me if I didn't give you a shout, uh, give him a shout out while I'm here in front of you. I mean, what are we talking about here? And then one of the senators actually asked a really viable question. I thought, anyways, he asked, he asked Zuckerberg if he would disclose his hotel, the name and, and uh, location of his hotel. And Zuckerberg kind of started laughing. But then you saw, if you look at the clip, you can see a switch in his eyes um, because he kind of understands, but he can't say yes. <laughs> right? Because he believes in privacy. But his privacy, he doesn't believe in your privacy. He wants to know everything about you because it's the only way he can make money. He's not a, a benevolent connector. He's a tech entrepreneur that started a company based on rating girls and how they looked. This is the origin of Facebook, let's not forget. Right? Facebook was hot or not. Right? Or who's hotter? That's what Facebook was for college kids. It's just the fact that, you know, we're, you know, that, that's, that's effectively a generation of degenerates. Um, and 
And it, it, it's an easy thing, right? It's an easy thing to judge people and do that sort of thing. And so of course it got attention. And then of course it morphed into something else, you know, but on one hand, he's very, very quick to tout how, you know, how influential and powerful Facebook can be when talking about, you know, um, running the French elections correctly and, and, and weeding out, you know, any, um, any dissension um, in terms of political manipulation and things like that. And, he, and he's, he's ready to tout 2 billion users and he's ready to tout the fact that, you know, the German election was a success in terms of their investigation around uh, Russian bots and infiltrating hackers and things like this. But then he's very, very quick to say, oh, I didn't know when I was setting this up in my dorm room how big it was going to be. And I really didn't know that, you know, I was going to have to one day... Um, you know, involve myself in, uh, in political elections and, 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 and things of this nature. It's like, well, well, you do. And it hasn't really been a shock. It's not like this happened yesterday. Right? The political power that Facebook have always had I would say probably after about five years of release has always been immense. And your data always has been used and will always continue to be used because the moment Facebook say to advertisers, we're not going to give you that data anymore, advertisers go away. So then the only other option for Zuckerberg and get ready for this because it might be an option if he's forced into some sort of um, data regulation, like a GDPR thing that's happening in Europe, right? The, uh, the um, what is it? The General Data Protection uh, Regulation or something like that. GDPR uh, comes into effect in May, which will mean you need explicit consent from every user to, um, uh, to gather every piece of information ha and you have to disclose what you're doing with that data uh, to a very, very, uh, you know, down to a very granular level, what you're going to be doing with that data. Um, they don't have anything like this in the States yet, um, the way the GDPR will be enacted. And it'll be interesting if they look to do something similar. Um, but if Facebook don't have an advertising business model, then they have to have a subscription business model, Right. That's the, only, that's the only two options. It's the only two options. So I may have posed this question on a previous show, but would you pay for Facebook? And if you would, how much? How much would you pay for a subscription to Facebook? For all the shit that you get now, but remove all the advertising, remove all the polls, remove all the um, the, the the advertising over the videos, the pre-roll or the mid-roll video, um, all of that gone. It's just you and your friends and your community and the and the content that you get from that community now, and also the content that you put into that community now. Would you pay for it? And if you would. How much? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. It's really, really intriguing to me because for me, Facebook is effectively a place to distribute this podcast, distribute um, content that I do around my uh, fitness business, my personal training business, and 
then it's just a photo album, really. And then I would say probably uh, a way that I share links, right? And that's just to kind of inform people who are on my on my uh, friends list, on my community. I don't think any of them ever fucking read it, to be fair, because I get zero feedback and zero commentary from, you know, most people because they're, they're really just effectively posting shit that they do, right? So it's effectively a... It's a digital photo book with video and also a calendar that tells you when these people's birthday are. But how bad would you feel if you didn't know it was your one of your friend's birthday that was on Facebook? I argue you'd feel okay <laughs> because the people whose birthday you actually remember without Facebook are the ones that really matter. And I would have I would hazard a guess that within that community of people, there's no more than 15 people. No more than 15 people. We used to remember everybody that we knew's phone number. Now I don't even I can't even recall my wife's off the top of my head. Right. But that's a whole other thing. But what I'm saying is we expand these networks and we feel like they're a necessity. But I question. I, I question their their relevance, their their need. I mean, all I'm doing is spouting information at people, hoping that they absorb it, take it in, maybe feedback and comment. That's why I started a podcast. Right. I want your feedback as much as I want to give you mine. I want yours. I want a dialogue to happen here. But I think the network that we have kind of pretended to create on Facebook, it really adds zero value. And I think we'd all be a lot more productive, happy, satisfied, um, and time rich if you didn't use Facebook. So if Facebook started a subscription policy, I would do a massive dump of my data a massive dump of all my content and I delete my account because there's no way I'm paying for Facebook. So the people that join me in that sentiment, right? If you, if you would absolutely refuse to pay a subscription fee for Facebook, let's call it, let's call it five, five bucks a month or five quid a month. Would you pay five quid a month for Facebook? Because that's 10, if they got an entire subscriber base that they have right now, right? Say they've got 2 billion active users, it's 10 billion a month that they could make in, in subscription revenue, right? And then you obviously, you take the attrition of the, of the people that would leave, you know, but I think the majority of people would actually pay. I wouldn't, but then on, again, like I started saying, if you agree with that statement and you absolutely categorically would not, would not pay a subscription fee for Facebook, would you completely delete your account like I just described, dump all your data and close your account down for good? Or would you just leave? and not come back, but leave all that stuff there. Just in case you wanted to come back one day. And then you say, ah, oh, you know what? Actually, I will pay that subscription fee. 
because I miss playing Farmville. Or I miss seeing what so-and-so is putting up about their kids. I wouldn't do it. I just don't see enough value in it. The only way it works for me is if it's free because I, I just, I feel like I'm almost oblivious to online advertising. I think potentially because I work in the industry and I know what it is and I know what it, you know, what it's for and, and how it works. And I'm just, I, maybe just cause I'm engrossed in it, you know, I, I ignore it. Or maybe it's just cause I fucking hate them and I stay away from them. You know, it's something like, I think it's something like 90%, if not more, of every advert clicked on the internet is by mistake. Either fat fingers on mobile or bad user experiences on mobile or loading, like pages loading. You ever done that when you're waiting for a page to load and you double click and then accidentally you've clicked on an advert? That's it. Right, so advertising online actually doesn't matter to me except on some of these news sites that just have a huge video advert at the top or a, a billboard advert at the top of the page and it expands or it follows you when you scroll down or it stays on the page for 15 seconds and then I scroll down a quarter of a page and I get another one and I scroll down the page and I've got two flashing beside me and you know then a pop-up video and it's just, you know, some of these news sites are just taking the piss and um, and it's just a fucking terrible user experience, but I don't go on them anyways. Um, if anything, I'm just clicking through from Twitter um, because it's just such a terrible, terrible user experience. But online advertising in the norm, when applied in a normal way and not overbearing, I can pretty much ignore it. Um, so for me, it's, it's Facebook free or nothing. Um, and I wonder what you guys think on that because they might be posed a real a real difficult choice and they might do both they might continue to offer this and then have a premium version where they get rid of all the advertising and then they get the best of both worlds right who knows who knows but i just think this whole deposition this whole testimony thing that zuckerberg is doing he must just be laughing he must just be laughing to himself like, oh my God, they've put my grandparents here and they don't know anything. It's really, it's, it, it's funny because he must be laughing about it, but it's really scary on the other hand because these are the people in charge of online privacy. And they're completely unqualified to be talking about the subject matter in which they're trying to investigate. And I... I feel bad for every, because your privacy has gone folks and it's not coming back. Okay. Um, GDPR is like a small measure, but if it shakes up the industry too much, they'll look to roll it back. You know, money talks at the end of the day. So it'll be interesting. And I, I just don't see anybody regulating Facebook. Um, although they need it. <sighs> yeah. Either way, your pri <laughs> either way, your privacy has gone. Um, you know, that's another thing that's disappeared, like the net neutrality argument. Like, where's that gone in the news coverage? You know, um, the Texas shooter, where's that gone? You know, um, 
some news anchor said he wanted to put a hot poker um, up one of the uh, Parkland protesters <laughs> um, the other day. Uh, I think he was on the radio or something like that. Yeah, he's been fired, obviously. Um, you know, uh, I mean, America's just running amok, right? I mean, it's just... It's just a bit fractured. It's just it's just a bit fucked up, um, you know. But we're one to we're one to, you know, hold anybody at a lower standard or or, or criticize anybody. We got our own fucking problems in the UK as well, um, which we'll get onto because there's been a couple things this week that are just ridiculous, um, and I definitely want to cover those because you know more and more I want to grow the domestic audience. Like we've got a pretty good listener um, a, a listenership in uh, in North America. And I definitely want to grow the UK um, activity more and more and more. Uh, so I just want to bring you guys some content on that as well and, and, and talk about a couple of things that have been happening on that as well. But, you know, we got Donald Trump. <laughs> His lawyers, officers were raided and he calls it a disgrace, an attack on the American people. No, motherfucker. It's an attack on you. You're a dirty, <laughs> you're a dirty criminal motherfucker for sure. And... I'm not saying this to negate anything about anybody else. Let's get that very fucking clear, okay? Because I think Hillary Clinton is a dirty bitch too. And that slut is a criminal, okay? And she's probably a fucking war criminal, her and her husband. Um, And there's a warm place in hell for both of those pricks. But we're not talking about her right now. We're talking about you, Donnie. We're talking about you, Donnie. And you're a fucking asshole because... (laughs) You're still denying that this happened. And now your press secretary, um, Godzilla Huckabee Sanders, she's even having a hard time lying for you now. And what I called for ages and ages and ages ago, I love it. I heard a, I got to watch the video later, but I heard a soundbite about it um, last night before I went to bed. And I was calling for it a couple of, uh, like a few episodes ago, like a while back now. And on some of my other like kind of social media posts, I've been calling for it for a long time. And that is for the press corps to start teaming up and to start having some solidarity and holding the press corps, um, holding the press team of the White House accountable for what they're saying. And if they don't answer a fucking question, then don't let them off the hook, right? So if I'm from the Washington Post and I ask a question and I get fobbed off and I try to follow up and I get fobbed off and she moves on to the next person, that next person from the New York Times or from CNN or wherever it may be, that person follows up with the exact same question demanding an answer that the previous person just asked or like last night happened, which was a beautiful thing to see because I think it happened four times, three or four times, they gave up their time and gave it back to the original reporter so that the press secretary could answer the fucking question. It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. If you haven't seen it, check it out. This is what needs to happen more and more and more, right? Accountability. We just ask you a fucking question, answer it. That's what you're here to do. Don't fob us off and go and ask somebody else. You answer the question. And we're not going to stop asking the question until you answer the question. Accountability. Accountability. She's a press secretary. The press is asking her questions. There's a freedom of the press. It's a distribution of free information. Answer the fucking question. 
So it was really refreshing to actually see them do that. And, uh, and I'd like to see more of that. Um, you know, Trump's trying to fire Robert Mueller, um, who's the head of the special counsel, uh, or the special counsel on the special investigation team that's looking into the Russia collusion. They just raided uh, Trump's ex-lawyer Cohen's office, and uh, I guess they took a bunch of documents... I guess mainly pertaining to transactions and payoffs for women. So like the Stormy Daniels thing where he paid her hush money to shut up about, you know, them sleeping together. I guess they were gathering information about that or, uh, you know, other stuff as well, I guess. It really hasn't come out in too, too much detail. But the one thing that it does signal is the fact that so... So Jeff Sessions, right? He's the attorney general, right? So he's the top lawyer in America, right? And then there's the um, the deputy attorney general or the assistant uh, attorney general who is the second most powerful lawyer in America. Now, Sessions removed himself. He had to rec- recuse himself from having any part of this investigation because of a conflict of interest with him meeting with Russians prior to the election as part of the campaign. He's already recused himself. He cannot be a part of this investigation. So any investigation that happens, any delegation that needs to be done in regards to legal affairs, um, signing off warrants, things like that, that are in part and parcel, you know, part of the process of this investigation, it's now... I think the guy's name's Rod Rosenstein, who is the deputy deputy uh, attorney general. So now, Jeff, if so, for instance, real example, the FBI comes to the attorney general and says, we're doing this investigation on the Trump administration and the collusion with Russia and various other things, da, 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 da. Right. Good. OK, we need a warrant to go and raid Michael Cohen's office, Trump's lawyer, or ex-lawyer at this point, we go. We need a warrant to go and raid his office, and this is the reason why. And these are all the documents that we have. And when you're going to raid the lawyer's office of the president of the United States, and he's the ex-lawyer now, but you know what I mean, you're going to have to have a fucking watertight reason for doing that. Right? Can't be flimsy. So the FBI or CIA or whatever it is, they go to the attorney general and say, we need a warrant. This is our evidence. This is why we want the warrant. And this is what we're planning to um, seize, blah, 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 right? Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself because of his involvement with the Russians and it being a conflict of interest with him doing any arbitration or um, investigatory work or any kind of involvement in the, he had to recuse himself, right? Can't get involved. So everything goes to his deputy. Now there's already been one deputy got rid of by Trump and he brought this Rosenstein guy in. Well, this Rosenstein is the guy that signed off the warrant for them to go into the office and take the documents that they just got. So you would imagine that if you're the FBI coming to say, you know, that guy, that three days ago was the president's lawyer. We want to go raid his office and take a bunch of documents and shit. 
humiliate. You want to raid the president's lawyer's office and take documents. All right, show me what you got. They present it. He says, yep, on the grounds of the information you've provided, I will grant you the warrant or I won't. Now, if Jeff Sessions was still involved in this and hadn't recused himself, which he basically had no choice to do, uh, but do, if Jeff, Jeff Sessions was still involved, that raid would not have happened. 100% would not have happened. However, this Rosenstein guy now is handling it all, and he said, yeah, <laughs> what you've got warrants a warrant, right? There's justification enough for me to grant you this warrant to to then go and get the shit that you want to get to continue your investigation. So the word witch hunt has to be struck from the vocabulary now, right? In my opinion. This is all my opinion, but no smoke where no smoke without fire, right? It's that kind of thing for me. And I don't know what it's going to turn up, but I know Trump wants to fire Mueller. And if he does, all hell's going to break loose. But on the same, at the same time, we've got the chemical attack in Syria that now the US, the UK, and France have basically stood up and said, we got to do something about this and Russia are accountable for it. They tried to go to the special assembly and get um, get a motion passed that would allow, uh, again, special investigators. You know what they did in Iraq when they were looking for the chemical weapons and the weapons of mass destruction, um, like an investigative team that go in there to search sites and you know look at the operations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's what they tried to propose yesterday. Russia, Russia vetoed it. No go, can't do it. They're saying there's no evidence of a chemical attack. We're not going to pass this. You're not going to have anybody in. And further to that, if there is any retaliatory strikes on um, on Syrian soil, we're going to shoot those missiles down and we're going to attack the source of them. So that's where we are right now. So it's like, what do you focus your attention on, right? Because there's so much shit. And that's just two things. Or, well, with the Zuckerberg thing, three things. And they're all in America. So we've got this pending Cold War type conflict happening. We've got a president that's clearly a lying cocksucker. And, I mean... He's just, I mean, the country's fractured. He's a completely delusional narcissist that has a worse vocabulary than a six-year-old. I mean, just go ahead and watch the video of his account of... Um, a 
of them raiding the office. I mean, it's hilarious. He just says attack and disgraceful and uh, disgraceful and attack and witch hunt and witch hunt. And, you know, he's got no economy of words. None. When it comes to, he might be a billionaire, but when it comes to vocabulary, he's broke. Okay. He is straight homeless. When it comes to articulating thought verbally, he cannot do it. Right? Let me see. See if I can get this video up. I think I closed it. Um, hang on. There we go. See if this will play. Because like I said, it's always better to hear it from the idiot's mouth. Here we go. Broke into uh, one of my personal attorneys, good man, and uh, it's a disgraceful situation. It's a total witch hunt. I've been saying it for a long time. Witch hunt, witch hunt, disgraceful, witch hunt, disgraceful. Listen for it. I've wanted to keep it down. We've given, uh, I believe, over a million pages worth of documents to the special counsel. And I have this witch hunt constantly going on for over 12 months now. And it's a disgrace. It's frankly a real disgrace. It's a, an attack on our country in a true sense. It's an attack on, an attack on our country so we'll in the true sense. Uh, I think it's uh, disgraceful and so does One more witch hunt. people. This is a pure and simple witch hunt. <laughs> You see what I mean? He's got nothing, nothing at all. And, uh, and it's brutal. It's, it's, it's just brutal, brutal in terms of a guy having as much power as he has, being as incompetent as he is, being as disgraceful. His behavior is just disgraceful. You know, the cover up is always worse than the lie, right? That's what they say. It wasn't the fact that Bill Clinton let Monica Lewinsky suck him off in the Oval Office. It was the fact he fucking lied about it. Anytime you try to hide something and lie about it and then get caught out later, it's always worse. If you just own up to it, fess up to it, like take Kevin Hart, right? When Kevin Hart fucked around on his missus. And for sure he still is. But, (coughs) you know, when he got caught... And he came out and he was like, I'm fucking sorry. Like, you know, told his wife, came out, apologized on Instagram. Who hates Kevin Hart? Nobody. He just got in front of it. You have to get in front of it. Right? Ronda Rousey, another one. She's a complete cunt, but wants everybody's love and affection. Right? She wants all the media attention when everything's good. But as soon as any adversary... um, you know, kind of comes her way and and topples her and beats her and and puts her in a second position. Any sense of defeat and she closes down, shuts down, and she's a real asshole about it. And if you ask her about it, she's defensive and and just just gross about it, you know. But if she would have got knocked the fuck out by Holly Holm, got up the next day, went on ESPN and said, listen, Holly was a great fighter. I was caught up with my own shit. Um... 
and uh, and I handled it wrong. But you know, all all uh, all congratulations to to Holly. She fought a great fight. Fight. She fought a smart fight. I'll get back to the drawing board board, and I'll come out stronger. We all love Ronda Rousey, right? But a lot of people now think Ronda Rousey is just a massive asshole because that's how she comes across. And when the going gets tough, she hides away. You can't hide away when that stuff happens. You have to get out in front of it. And people forgive and forget. I mean, I was just saying it, right? We don't talk about the Austin... uh, We don't talk about... <clears throat> the Vegas shooter. We don't talk about Sandy Hook. We don't talk about Parkland barely ever. We don't talk about the black kids that are getting shot down by the cops. We don't talk about, um, you know, name it. Name it. We talk about it while it's on the immediate news cycle and then like Kaiser Soze, it's gone. And we're on to the next thing. And I just think... I don't know. It just takes a bit more... A bit more focus, right? But... Uh, yeah. Just the incompetency, com- the incompetency coming out of America, man. is really, really bad. And... Uh, I think this would all have been a lot better for for Trump if he would have just said straight off the bat, yeah, I fucked up. Um, you know, I wanted to fuck her. I got around I got around my golf resort and I banged her. I told her I'd get her on The Apprentice. That's just because I wanted to bang her again. She spanked me with a fucking magazine and that was it. And then I paid her a bunch of money to shut the fuck up about it. Because that's for sure what happened, right? Now, on the Russia thing, you know, I'll reserve my judgment, but again, no smoke without fire kind of thing. So, let's see what happens. But let's hope that we don't have another issue, right? And they're all talking, oh, we got to be tough in Syria. We got to be tough in Syria. Fucking Obama didn't, you know, Obama wasn't tough in Syria. Well, Obama actually had the red line that he had said that he drew in terms of chemical weapons. And do you, I don't know if you remember because we have very short memories, but the American people were like, fuck that. We don't want another war. We're not, we're not supporting this at all. And he was like, right, I got to fucking, I got to back the fuck off of it. Right. Because again, it was like an election year playing politics, everything like that. And I think it was Cameron that put something through the UK uh, House of Commons and they voted it down. But it's like, well, should we have done something back then? We were, were already exhausted from the wars that we were in. You know, is it something that we wanted to get involved in? Well, we're all reap- reaping the absolute benefits of it now, aren't we, right? The migration that's coming out of it and then we've got an illegal immigration problem that everybody wants to fucking bitch and moan about. You know, when all this really is, is geopolitics, right? Because if you look at Syria on the map, it's in a really, really important place. It's on the border of Turkey, 
and it's on the border of Iraq, I think. Is that, I think that's the geography of it. <coughs> yeah. So Syria borders Turkey, Iraq, Jordan, Israel, and Lebanon. All you have to understand is things like global trade. Like the distribution of oil. And controlling really, really important parts of the Middle East that would either say, let's, let's say, be pro or anti Israel, right? Because a lot of people in that region don't like them. So there's that element of it as well. But we're playing politics here. We're playing, we're playing geopolitics here. Russia don't give it, want to give it up because they've got someone who they can distribute arms to and they don't have much of an economy and they can also distribute oil. <coughs> That's all Russia has, right? When was the last time you thought about buying a smartphone that was made in Russia? Or what, let me ask you a better question. What's your favorite Russian sports car? Exactly. Russia are a one commodity economy and that's oil. And if you want a second, it's arms and military protection, military hardware. Both of which they give to Syria and Iran in quite substantial numbers. You think they're going to let America just take over that region and all that comes with it? Are they fuck? Think about the geopolitics and you'll understand why Syria is happening. It's a fight for territory by the superpowers on the globe. That's it. So it's a real shame because there's kids dying. There was a chemical attack, or at least they're claiming there was a chemical attack. If any of the footage that I saw was real, those kids, my God. You know, and you can understand why people flee, right? When, when your neighborhood is a war zone. You know, anybody that gets on a boat and tries to make that trip with a high, high percentage of drowning themselves or having someone or multiple people in their family drowned on the trip or die of exposure or whatever it may be. You don't do that if you're only, if you're like, oh, you know what? I want to go see if I can get the free H NHS. I mean, how fucking ignorant can you be to think that is a singular point of focus for them? And I'm not saying that it's all of them. And yes, there are absolutely bad apples that come along with that, for sure. But I would harbor a guess that the majority of them, overwhelming majority of them, are just looking to get the fuck out of a war zone. And we'd be really, really well placed to stop making accusations, Theresa May, about Russian poisoning to ignite even further geopolitical tension 
without substantiated evidence. And if you do have substantiated evidence, then fucking tell people what it is so they don't think you're just talking out of the side of your mouth and postulating bullshit because you've got something that you're doing with America over Syria. Like all these things are happening, right? One after another. And it's just politics. And just like Facebook uses its users as a commodity, as do the governments use their people as commodities. Your collateral damage that can be used one way or another to develop a narrative that supports your cause. You think they give a shit about the kids that are dying over there? Do they fuck? Now what you've got is construction companies licking their lips saying, I wonder when we can get back in there. You know? What's his face? Uh, not Rumsfeld, Cheney, right? I'm sure his company will be lined up, you know, trying to get some of those uh, no-bid contracts happening. You know, it's gross. It's just gross. When you just scratch underneath the underneath the surface, it's, it's disgusting. Um, I just wish we could do better. I wish we could do better. And speaking of doing better, what, all of a sudden we have like this crime wave that's hit London. Like, hey, kids, put your fucking knives away. What are you doing with a gun? This is not America. You want to go play gun? Go fucking move to Baltimore. Go see how Omar Barksdale and fucking... Um, not Omar Barksdale, <laughs> Avon Barksdale and Omar get down, right? Go move Baltimore. Go to Detroit. Fucking sitting around in Romford and places like this stabbing each other. You fucking crazy. And then you got Amber Rudd, MP, who I've talked about on this podcast before. She's the one who, whose husband is the managing director for the uh, company that has the license to distribute um, medical cannabis or CBD product. Yeah, no, medical cannabis, that's it. Medical cannabis. So Amber Rudd, who is starchly against and has said on multiple occasions that cannabis has no benefit and is a drag on society. And that's why she wouldn't support legalization. Yet her husband is a managing director of a company that exports medicinal marijuana in quantities you can't even fathom. Says the reason for the crime happening is because we don't have enough comps. Well, that may be true to an extent, but you could also pull your finger out of your ass, take a look in a mirror, spot all the hypocrisy that's on your face, and understand that something like the legalization of marijuana could take a lot of this illicit behavior off the street straight away. Right? One, It's one thought, Miss Rudd. One thought. But you deny it whilst capitalizing on it. And I can't have that. It's disgusting. And I think you're a pig. So happy to talk about it if you want.
if you ever hear this. But I mean, what are we doing? We give nothing to kids. We take away their social programs. We give them nothing to do. I've spoken in my time, like, because I'm quite active, right? So I go to the gym quite a bit. And I've talked to some kids that are 17, 18, you know, 16. And they've got nothing to do. Just craving for something. Yet there's no social programs. The community centers in these in this country, the ones that I've actually seen, are a joke. I'm sure there's some good work being out, you know, been being done out there. Um, I know there are kind of like independent community groups and things like that out there. Um, that do very very good work, and I'll be sure to shout them out and give them and give them the uh, the credibility that they deserve and the uh, and the props they deserve because you need to highlight the the ones that are doing good, but you also need to highlight the assholes. And we have a whole bunch of them in government right now that refuse to look at real facts and take a considered approach. They just like to throw out again politics and play politics with. Everybody's time, effort, attention, and it just really, really winds me up. And her in particular, her and Theresa May are, I mean, her and Boris Johnson, to be fair, I fucking go on all day with these idiots, but, um, you know, it makes me want to get into politics, but there's no way that I could. One, I got way too sharp of a tongue that I wouldn't bite. One, I don't sound the part. Two, I don't, uh, three, I don't look the part. Four, I can't count. Um, but I'd have to be around them all the time. And that makes me want to vomit because I think they're, they're disgusting. And I also question the corruptibility of, of people, you know, I believe I have a great deal of integrity, but it's never it's never been tested the way I imagine it might be in uh, in some of those circles. And I, and I don't think the way the system is and how broken it is, I don't think you can be truly successful in politics unless you play politics. And nothing nothing gives me a bigger headache than thinking about playing politics with people, minding my words and not giving my honest, true opinion of things and, you know, going against the grain and being ostracized so you get absolutely nothing done and, and how frustrating and, and awful that must be. Um, you know, it, it's it's like things like what they've done today, which I'm not opposed to. Actually, I'm in favor of it. Um, the anti-abortion protesters, they've just been told that they have to stand like a hundred yards away from any clinic now they can't demonstrate on the doorstep um you know that goes into effect i think immediately basically um you know along with all the other restrictions hate speech all that you know stuff that you can't and and the the things that you have to do to stay within the parameters of a uh a peaceful protest um but now these anti-abortion protesters need to be a hundred foot away 
from uh, from the clinic entrance, I believe it is, uh, which I think is great. Uh, it's um, I mean, if you're anti-abortion, I'll just say it right now. If you're anti-abortion, fuck you. How about that? If you're if you're against a woman's right to choose what she can do with her body in so many different variable circumstances, if you are just like, nope, abortion's wrong. If that's your stance on such a such a nuanced subject that ultimately has nothing to do with the group and is everything to do with the individual. If your stance is, nope, that's wrong, should be a crime or whatever, your kind of religious stances, fuck you. Can't be any clearer, can't be any more concise with that, and I can't be any more absolute in my thinking on that. If you're anti-abortion, fuck you. Change my mind. I'd love for you to try to change my mind on that. But if you think that there is an argument against it only being a woman's right to choose, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. You can't legislate. You can't legislate choice. You can legislate parameters, right? For instance, after a certain date, it is unhealthy based on um, medical and scientific evidence it is dangerous both to fetus and to mother if we were to carry out an abortion after this. So we need parameters that say, you know, the whole, what is it? Is it 15 weeks or 26 weeks? You know, anything after that, it, it poses a danger. They can't do it for, for whatever reason. Um, that I'm okay with. That I'm okay with. Putting the health at the center of that, the health of the mother um, of the woman that's that's pregnant and of the you know of the child um, till we get to a developmental phase where you know it becomes a little bit inhumane. I get that. I get that. Um, but to say abortion should be illegal, fuck you. Can't have that, right? That's gay rights. That's medical marijuana that's you know that's the government and everybody else has nothing to say on this particular subject this is a personal decision and anything outside of that immediate parameter has nothing to do with it if i want to smoke weed in my house i should be able to that simple i'm not asking to smoke weed in waitrose right I don't want to walk around Westfield smoking a joint. I'm not talking about that. But what I want to do in my house, nobody should be able to tell me what I can and cannot do in my house if it's not hurting anybody. And nobody can provide me evidence that says if I smoke weed in my house, I'm hurting myself. Can't do it. So stay the fuck out of my business. Same thing with a woman. If she gets pregnant for any various circumstances if she wants to terminate that pregnancy that is her choice now do i think abortion should be used as birth control absolutely not <clears throat> which is why we need better sex education better better education overall so on and so forth 
But some of these people will tell you that if a woman is raped and gets pregnant because of that rape, she should absolutely keep that child. Because even if she terminates that within the first like six, eight weeks, 10 weeks of pregnancy, <clears throat> she's killing a life and she's a murderer. Right? That's what these protesters like to say. That's what these protesters like to infer. This is how they like to guilt trip. An already nervous, an already scared, an already trepidatious woman who, in a lot of instances, would be there all by herself. And she's got a group of people screaming and yelling, how could you do this? Or why would you do this? And abortion is death and you're a criminal. Fuck you. That's where I'm at with that. So I'm glad they've enacted this thing. I'd actually like to see it rolled out even further. And I would like it to include the people that have over the past, mm, when did I see it crop up? Probably been about four years. I know I've written to various um, transportation authorities, various uh, companies, and I've had zero response from any of them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I am referring to the folks that stand outside the tube stations with do you know the truth about Jesus pamphlets? Do you know the real truth of the universe? Do you want to know how Jesus really loves you? Pamphlets. Her so quick to stick one of these things in your face. And for me, it's offensive. And maybe I'm taking it a little harsh. But I don't care. I don't want somebody pushing their beliefs on me in public. <coughs> Fuck off. If you want to join a Facebook group and you want to tweet about it and you want to be on Instagram about it, great. You want to have a church, have a congregation, great. Do what you want. Don't put it in my face. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I think it's bullshit. And all you're looking for is fucking donations. Another sheep to add to the flock that will help pay the bounty not interested indoctrination of some bullshit the church of Jesus Christ and Latter Day Saints and all this shit fuck you I asked one of them a very very simple question if your child needed a blood transfusion and you were the only blood match, would you give it to them? And the answer has to be no. And it was no. And their response was, well, we can give them a uh, silicon blood transplant now. So not only are they ignorant, not, not only are they inhumane to their own blood, in that scenario that I just gave you there. But they're fucking stupid as well. Because under the slightest interrogation or the slightest questioning or the slightest exploration into their subject matter, I mean, do we need even a six-year-old to dispel this nonsense anymore? But again, if you want to believe in fairy tales, you're more than welcome to do so. Do it either at your church or at home. Because I wouldn't presume that you want to smell 
the weed smoke that I enjoy taking in. And I wouldn't smoke it while I'm walking down the street in a normal, quiet, residential neighborhood. And I wouldn't smoke it on my way in to a fucking grocery store. <clears throat> and I wouldn't smoke it going in to a tube station. Because it's called decorum and it's called manners. And I'd appreciate it if something like what was enacted with these anti-abortion protesters was enacted with any solicitation, unwanted solicitation of basically any material, right? I don't want anything shoved in my face, including a paper. But at least that's not proselytizing something as foolish as becoming a Jehovah's Witness, for instance, right? So congratulations on enacting that. I think that's fantastic news. Um, I just, I would like them to take it one step further and, and have a look at these people that are outside um, of the stations and bus stops. And, you know, if you haven't seen them, you'll probably notice them now if you live in London. Um, there's usually about three of them standing there talking and then they'll just they'll boom hit you with a flyer can we talk to you about the lord no you fucking can't see ya so anyways congratulations on that um there's something else i wanted to talk about but i can't remember what it was i cannot remember what it was let me have a quick look and see if I've got a note somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I don't think that we've talked about this yet. Because I think during the time period of me going away and then having this construction work done in my house, I don't think we've actually had a chance to talk about this. And if if I've repeated this story, apologies. I don't think I have. Um... So here goes. Okay. So in Hither Green, which is a couple of miles from my house, last week, a couple of 40-year-olds broke into a 78-year-old man's house. They were attempting to rob him at uh, knife point. I think one of them had a knife and the other had a screwdriver. So they broke into this man's house and they had him in the kitchen and they were trying to rob him and a struggle ensued. One of the robbers got away. He's at large. The other one got stabbed by the homeowner. He was transported to hospital. He later died. The old man was arrested first on grievous bodily harm, then on murder. Now, after much backlash from the public, um, the resurfacing of an older case where a gentleman went to prison for, I believe, shooting somebody in his house. Um, this was, I think, over 10 years ago, 15 years ago now. Um, 
again, someone broke into his house, he shot them, and then he went to prison for murder, I think, or manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter, some shit like that. Um, they were trying to do the same thing to him, to this old, this, to this 78-year-old man. So anyways, after much backlash, after much uh, public outrage, protest, and as I said, the resurfacing of this old case and how ludicrous it was in the grand scheme of things, they let him go with no charge. So, right? Good job. Do you know what's happened now? People are starting to lay flowers at this guy's house in memory of the guy that got killed. They're, they're, they've created a memorial for a guy who was killed because he was involved. He was the protagonist in a break and entering he went to rob an old man he got fucked up by that old man that old man stabbed him protect his property and they're celebrating the robber henry vincent 37 some fence in hither green and and i'm not talking one or two in the picture I've got here, there's 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe, bouquets. I mean, this guy breaks into a house with the intention of robbing an old man, clearly doing harm to him if necessary. They got into a fight. It's just the old man was, you know, a bigger fella and ended up, you know, Getting that, getting that overwhelming power that one gets when they're in a, you know, potentially life or death struggle. But I think you putting a memorial up for this degenerate fuck is, um, is disgraceful. It's disgraceful. I don't give a fuck what this guy was doing. He went in to break into somebody's house to rob him. You come into my house. I'm doing exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. I had a conversation with somebody once. That's how fucked up some of the laws are here, right? If if I went on holiday and someone broke into my house while I was away and there was nobody else here and, you know, God forbid my pets weren't here and stuff like that. Someone broke into my house and started squatting in my house. I could not come home and remove them. Because squatters have rights. And I said to this person, if I came home from holiday and there were squatters in my house and they didn't leave upon me coming back and saying, hey, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Time to get the fuck out. If they didn't leave, then they'd be removed by me. Because... This is my house, and I'm not going to be made a victim over some stupid fucking laws that would take potentially years to sort out. No way. I'm grabbing you, and I'm bringing you out of the house, and I'm throwing all your shit out that you've brought with it. And if I see you again, got a problem. Someone breaks into my house to rob me, I'm going for the first knife I can find. I'm going for a hammer. I'm going for whatever. And I'm not stopping until you stop moving. 
please don't break into my fucking house. This is where I live. This is where I'm safe. This is where my family is. This is where everything I have is and everything I love is. <clears throat> so to that older man, I say congratulations on defending your house. To those people who lost this person, I'm sorry for your loss and the pain that this has caused, but we make our own choices in life and this gentleman caught the consequences of his actions directly in the chest and they killed him. We do not celebrate people who are looking to harm others because they don't have either the fortitude, the mental stability or whatever resilience of circumstance that may have gone awry for them at some point. We do not celebrate those people who then say, well, it's been tough. I'm going to go make somebody else a victim so that I can ease my own suffering a little bit. We don't congratulate those people. We don't respect those people and we don't create memorials for those people. It's sad that a person lost their life off, the, off a decision that was made, but what would we have been doing right now if the tables had turned and that old man was an older lady or he wasn't able to defend himself and he caught the screwdriver in the chest? Then there'd be warranted bouquets hung and justified memorials created, right? We do not celebrate the criminal. Even if circumstances were tough, outcomes were terrible, and families are hurt. There has to be an accountability factor. We go back to the root word of the whole podcast. It's got to be about accountability. And the fact that you would hang a wreath in memorial for a guy who for all intents and purposes, would have fucked that old man up if he could have. We don't celebrate that. I'm sorry, we don't. So this is the whole thing, right? I mean, this is, this is where we're going with things. Either you're an oppressed or you're an oppressor. You're the oppressed or you're the oppressor, right? There's no middle ground. So even though this guy was being broken into, because he got the better end of the outcome and someone else obviously had a terrible outcome even though if that person who died wouldn't have been doing the criminal behavior the old man is the oppressor and that and the person that died the 40 year old grown man that broke into an old man's house with a screwdriver is the uh oppressed right he's the victim here no he's not He's a victim of circumstance, sure. Created by his own actions, absolutely. We don't celebrate criminal behavior. We don't celebrate victimization of those in a more vulnerable position than us. You wanna cheer for Tony Soprano, go ahead. You wanna cheer for the Columbine shooters, we got a problem, right? It's not just the oppressed and the oppressors. What a week. <laughs> what a week. That's about an hour and a half, guys, and it's gone in a flash. 
and I was just looking at my notes and there's other stuff that was on uh, was on the slate but I think that's gonna do it so as I said in the beginning I'm gonna try to get another episode out this week because I'd like to preview um, the upcoming UFC event that will be happening this weekend and get one of those out for you guys because they're always fun to do and you know if we take the new stance that uh, that we discussed earlier of being a bit more fanny a bit more fanny <laughs> a bit more of a fan's perspective um you know a bit more loose a bit more casual with it. i think we'll have even more fun i think it'll it'll come across even better um and i'd, I'd like to give that a shot i think for the upcoming event because the main events should be a good one um but also has the potential to be a very quick one um so potentially i'm gonna i'm gonna try my best either tomorrow or friday um, tomorrow is more likely because Friday is very, very busy. Um, so hopefully I can get that out to you guys. Um, and you know, there's always stuff to talk about. So we'll be back again real soon. Um, next episode is going to be a preview, I'm guessing. And then we will probably pick up next week with the show as normal. Um, but again, everything is dictated by schedule. What I want to do is be as frequent as I can without saturating you guys and making you sick of, you know, <laughs> of my voice. Um, but I also love doing this and I also love bringing, bringing my thoughts to the table and, uh, and, and we, love, we love bringing you the show. So um, that's it. We're going to wrap. It is a done deal. We've covered some shit. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Uh, this has been episode 23. Or, no, 23? I think this is episode 23, right? Let me go back. I got to check. I got to check. Nope. I was wrong. This has been episode 24. <laughs> We're moving along, guys. We're going to keep it rolling. Um, thanks for listening. My pleasure as always. Thank you for the support. Uh, you can find us on iTunes under the podcast section at the quiet part loud you can find our page on facebook uh, which is also the quiet part loud or at quiet part loud that's our handle on twitter as well um, and of course where we originate from and where we distribute from is soundcloud so go give us a follow on there feedback rate us it all helps guys everything is um is just about forward momentum and making this thing the best it can so uh thanks again this has been episode 24 of the podcast. My name's Daryl. I'm your host. And uh, this has been The Quiet Part Loud. Until next time, guys. All the best. <laughs>